0: Let's talk about the uh, fourth candle of Advent, the angel's candle. Proverbs 21.5 says, The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. The point is that one needs to prepare for future known events. The bigger the event, the greater the preparation. So, how do you rate the birth of Christ on the scale of events? Do you see it as a one-time event that needs no current preparation? What about the second coming of Christ? Rhetorical question. How are you preparing? The fourth Sunday of Advent was this past Sunday, December 18th. As we continue preparation for Christmas Day and the birth of Christ, it is a good time to review the symbolism of the Advent season. In each of the four weeks leading up to the commemoration of the birth of Christ, we light a candle which is to represent one of the aspects of the Messiah's coming, his character, and a result of his coming into our lives. From the sources on religious holidays that I visited, is generally consistent, although not universally agreed, what element of the Christmas story is represented by the particular candle. The first Sunday represents the prophets, their prophecies, and the forward-looking promises of God. It represents the attribute of hope. The second Sunday is to represent Bethlehem, the place selected by God for the coming of the Messiah. The third Sunday highlights the shepherds who receive the good news, and the fourth Sunday the angels, the messengers of the Most High God. Hark! The herald angels sing. The fourth candle is lit and is called the Angel's Candle. The fifth candle, which we light on Christmas, represents Jesus' role as Emmanuel, or God with us. As we light each candle, we remember that Jesus is coming again soon. The goal of God's love in sending Christ is to free us so we can make much of Him forever. If the enjoyment of God Himself is not the final and best gift of love, then God is not the greatest treasure. Has the love of God been turned into our delight and being of great value to Him, the Lord? Does your joy depend on seeing the cross of Christ as a witness to your worth or as a way to enjoy God's worth forever? in God's glory at the bottom of your gladness. Love isn't spiritual love if it does not go beyond yourself. Matthew five forty three through 48, which says, You have heard that it was said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be the sons of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Do not even tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even Gentiles do the same? Let me suggest a workable definition of love is found in Philippians 2 verses 1 through 4, which reads, Therefore, if you have any encouragement in Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any fellowship with His Spirit, if any affection and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being united in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or empty pride, but humility consider others more important than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interest, but to the interests of others. Jesus kind of love is a matter of the will. It is decision it is decision. See John fifteen five. Question What is the job description of a vine? What do you will reveal what you believe about him. When a Christian says from his heart to live as Christ and to die as gain, he is free to love no matter what. Everything has been said over and over again. We've heard this many, many times. Now the question is how is it then that we love so little? That's a rhetorical question. But there is some good news. A good sign that our hearts are becoming free to truly love, is the reluctance to impose our will on others. When the Holy Spirit enables us to suppress these passions and withhold judgment of others, we should take heart. We know people will hurt and disappoint, but we can afford to become vulnerable with others because our security does not rest with them. If our message is inconsistent, our love will be mixed up. Francis Schaeffer calls it the final apologetic and is what will convince the world our Father in heaven is genuine. If our love is mixed up, our witness will be a dud. A <clears throat> final thought, and this is really a postscript. The Christmas song, Silent Night, was originally written specifically for female voices to be accompanied by guitar. The motivation for the format, which drove the writing of the song, was that the church organ was broken and could not be used for Christmas services. Once again, God takes broken things and makes them work. May your Advent season be truly joyful and your love abound more and more. Good day.